Welcome to Tell Me More, Tell Me More, the podcast. I'm your host, Leah. And I'm your host, Alicia. And this is a movie musical podcast where we watch a movie musical and then we talk about it. We are closing Monster May Off with a little something called Little Shop of Horrors. Maybe you've heard of it. Mm. Um, yes. Do you have any history with this? I mean, we literally discussed this off air, but... Do you have any history with this? Well, the thing is, I kind of do and don't because I've never watched the movie or the play as a whole, but I've seen like clips of it and I know like the lore of it and like Jenny, like there have been memes about it since before I knew what a meme was. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's kind of like how you know like Star Wars before you know like you know Darth Vader before you probably know the plot of Star Wars. I knew Audrey too right. before I knew the plot of Little Shop of Horrors. So it's it's that right. kind of a way, but I've I've never fully got I've just assumed that I knew what it was about from that. So I never actually sat down and watched it through in like one setting sitting rather. Right. How about you? Um, I have kind of a similar kind of history in that I knew of its existence. Mm-hmm. And um, like in my second-ish year of musical theater, way back when, um, musical theater within the Society of the University that we both <laughs> um, we did like a sort of cabaret showcase type evening thing. Mm-hmm. And we did the uh, prologue song. Um, I very distinctly remember my harmony, so that was a great time. Um, and for some reason, I knew the Skid Row song. No, not the Skid Row song, where um, RG2 comes from, that song. And I was like, wait, why do I even, why do I, have I seen Little Shop of Horrors and like <laughs> locked it away? But then like after that, I'm like, oh, I know none of this. So, so I was like, okay, I haven't seen it. I just maybe for a reason unknown to myself, watched that song as well as the prologue and probably Skid Row as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's really my sort of knowledge um also the fact that i knew like a couple of the songs like suddenly see more and things like that yeah um because i'd heard them before but like not because i'd seen neither the movie or i think there's like a 1960s or something movie um yeah i think that there was i the was musicals it? based off of yes yes okay so i've never seen that movie nor the musical um, production stage show nor had I seen the movie that we are talking about today so it was a fun experience and let's get into it I'd like to say here at the top <laughs> for reasons unbeknownst to myself uh and I've watched different versions of this movie <laughs> so I have a very different ending mm-hmm. and um yeah, because we had we. Mm, I didn't know there was a different ending. Let's just say that. So I'm gonna be super surprised 
about how this ends. I am on the same road as y'all. <laughs> Those of you who have never watched Little Shop, that is. I feel like um, if they're listening to the podcast, they've probably seen Little Shop before. <laughs> probably. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's likely that you could You may not have. Um, but yes, let's get into it. Also, Tisha Campbell's in this. Um, she is. So, uh, Little Shop of Horrors is set in the 1960s, as per was the time when the original film was made. So, but it was made in, in 1986. And so we have the classic, uh, trio of black girls <laughs> that opens the- I'm sorry, it's just every, like, 1960s yep. musical- has a trio of black girls that sings in it and i really i i adore it i appreciate it Uh, it made me think of the muses of hercules and then i was like have we watched hercules for the podcast and i don't think we have no we have we do need to do that so but yes so (laughs) we have crystal ronette and chiffon who kind of exist in the world of the musical as average people, but also step out. So in in that way, they they are kind of similar to the muses and the classical like Greek chorus that kind of where it has like a, a group of performers that are kind of both in and out of the world. We have the trio, and they are introducing us. So they're speaking fourth wall breaking to us, uh, the Little Shop of Horrors prologue. Little Shop, Little Shop of Horrors, Little Shop, Little Shop of Terrors, call a cop, Little Shop of Horrors, oh, 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 no. I mean, my harmony was Little Shop, Little Shop of Horrors. That's what I was doing, but, <laughs> but, uh, what a fun it's so fun i i think the beginning of this movie was is a joy i, I may it may be for other reasons but i was also crying so who knows what you were okay <laughs> i cried from the prologue until <laughs> i can't even tell you when i stopped crying but i was crying for a very long time i'm uh, unsure <laughs> but, but, but what why? mentally is happening okay um not out of like sadness by the way it was just kind of like a i was just so happy i was crying Mm. i don't know we're good (laughs) okay we're getting introduced to the different characters that are going to be in the movie we have seymour krellborn who was an orphan which i always love how they bring it up in in the musical it's like oh you know since i was an orphan and Mr. Mushnick took me in. I was like, okay, Seymour. But classically, Seymour is in love with his co-worker, Audrey, who is this thin waif of a woman um, with <laughs> the highest voice, I think, is humanly. Uh, well, no, that's that's incorrect. There exists higher, but she was trying it. And we have Mr. Mushnick, who is in charge of the flower shop, the plant shop that uh, they all work in. They, the relationship that Seymour has, uh, Seymour is a very clumsy individual. He uh, seems to just kind of be 
the the bumbling protagonist for us uh, to feel sympathy for. Like he's the underdog, and we want him to 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 get the girl and to have all the success and to ride off into the sunset. X Y Z. Audrey is late for work when we meet her. She has a black eye, indicating that. Uh, the guy that she's with, as we learned through Mr. Mushnik, um, is a no good Nick and is uh, beating on her. But she feels like she has to stay with him. Later on, the girls say that she has a uh, low self image, which is true. Uh, but she feels that she has to stay with him because he's the only guy that would be interested in her. Which is not true because, of course, Seymour is secretly in love with her. And they all work together in um, Skid Row, which there is a, a song about it, which confused me. Because the, the camera pans when, when, when they're leaving and it just pans to this woman as she's walking down the street and she just starts sanging I was like oh yes. <laughs> and then one of the lady uh, one of the chorus ladies is like sang child and I'm like she's like a solid 20 years older than you what do you mean child like I know that's like kind of like the expression but it's just <laughs> what <laughs> anyway and then they go into downtown etc also a very good song I just remember the part about the part just before that was when we got introduced to Crystal Renette and Chiffon as their characters in the world where they just seem to be they're playing teenagers um, who have dropped out of school and they don't look like teenagers and they basically are like um, mm-hmm. but they're basically um, Mr. Mushnik is telling them that they need to uh, try to better themselves and uh, they're like there is no better for us like the, do you see where we yeah. are kind of a thing but yeah, we are the next scene is Mr. Mushnik and Audrey and Seymour in the flower shop and they have no business. They have, it's empty, the time is ticking by, they're just switching positions because they're bored. And mm-hmm. ultimately, Mr. Mushnik has had enough. He tells them not to come into work the next day. And Audrey's like, oh, no, don't say that. You know, we don't 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 tell us that what you what you what you think you're saying is not. And then she tells Seymour to go and get the strange and unusual plant that he manages to locate, and that maybe if they display the strange and unusual plant in the window, then it might bring business. And when they place the strange yep. and unusual plant in the window. Immediately, a customer appears wanting to know about the strange and unusual plant. (laughs) This man does not look sane or okay at all as he wants in. He doesn't look human at all. He comes in, kind of like someone put a spell on him to come do it, you know? (laughs) And he's like, 
that's strange and unusual plant in the window. <laughs> like, what is it? Da, da, da. And it's just, oh, wow. He looks not okay. I think he, I think he's a, like a cameo or something. He is like at the, in the, um, credits there's a bunch of people who are like and special guests and i'm like ooh, i know none of these people except for bill murray so he was i i know okay so that was christopher guest and he did the this is spinal tap movie but he was also one of the cast members on saturday night live so i think that's why they're just like hey it's this guy and that's why Exactly like this. Um, I, I, yeah, sure. <laughs> but yes, so after the man comes in and then buys flowers, because you know, that's what you do. It's like, oh, I really like this plant. I'm not going to buy it, but I might as well buy some flowers. Do you have change for a f- hundred? I'm going to buy $50 worth of plants. So I was like, bruh, who are you? Yeah. What the fuck? You okay, sir? Because you don't seem it. Which I'm starting to feel like maybe Audrey too has like some mind abilities that we don't know about because that was weird. But anyway, we then <laughs> get the Dadu Sal, which is when Seymour starts to tell them about how he found this strange and unusual plant uh, in a Chinese flower shop, which just means they're resellers. <laughs> Totally clips of the sun or something like that. I don't know. I think that line gets sung at one point or another. Um but yeah, basically it's that the during the total eclipse of the sun, which is mentioned like seventy times, um this plant appeared or whatever. Well, I guess it, it was Audrey arriving mm-hmm. <laughs> on what I don't know, but all right. So Seymour purchased a plant, and before he brought the plant up, he said that it wasn't doing too well. It wasn't being, it wasn't looking very healthy. So it withers very quickly in his hands after the um after the song. And Mr. Mushnik then immediately charges him. He's like, you're going to take care of this plant. You're going to find out what it needs. That is your purpose. Because Mr. Mushnik wanted to celebrate and take them out to dinner. But no. So Seymour goes down into the basement where all the plants are. And he starts to sing Grow For Me. Which is the process of him discovering what Audrey too, which he's named the plant... Uh, what Audrey too needs, and it's a uh, mm. it's a very particular food. Needs uh needs blood, and I will say, like, so when Audrey too grows up and starts to like talk and things like that, the animatronics, or not animatronics, but the the puppeteering rather that they do, mm. it's still really good. Like it still holds up like really well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've something, something for you, and I've given you this, and I've given you this. What more do you need? And then, like, 
he pricks his finger on a rose and like tiny little bit of blood just like like comes on like comes out obviously as it you know when things happen like that and then um you hear Audrey 2's like <laughs> in the in the background um I apologize for that mouth noise I hate mouth noises but I needed to demonstrate <laughs> what was going on yeah now Seymour has discovered that what Audrey needs is blood so now he's responsible for supplying it meanwhile the the business the business the store is still attracting a lot of business and Seymour goes on a radio show which is another cameo uh Wink Wilkinson is played by John Candy but he goes on this radio show for like uh, these unusual things and then he basically he we don't get we don't see it happen but he retells the do the song of how he encountered the plant in a Chinese flower store while while this is happening we can see that Audrey is Audrey is still with the Nogudnik um, but we meet the Nogudnik uh, kind and of it's Steve Martin. What? <laughs> it is. Well, no, I'm skipping ahead. Uh, I just, I'm just picturing him on the motorcycle, and that's all I can see. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we realize that as Seymour is getting more successful, um, it is revealed that Audrey actually does like Seymour uh, but she thinks that she's not good enough for him but she still fantasizes about um, having like a secret life with him and that comes through in somewhere that's green where she's looking through like different life magazines um, and falling into a dream about it parallel to the fantasy in Sweeney Todd in uh, Sweeney Todd except mm-hmm. everyone's the happy here <laughs> by the sea yes na, 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 somewhere that's green yes. meanwhile Seymour is slowly losing his life <laughs> to, to Audrey too like Audrey is which I mean I <laughs> you know more about blood than I do. Mm-hmm. But like giving blood, right? Yeah. Does it not replenish? Like I guess it depends on how much he's giving at a time, but like it's not going to replenish that fast. Like got if, it. if that's why people tend to need a little bit of time uh after giving blood. I don't think Audrey is getting that much out of his fingers you tend to heal fairly quickly so it depends on like how many times a day the feedings occur um right but i imagine like it it would be very painful to like prick his fingers all the time to have that like his capillaries must be swollen um also, to be clear, why Adesia knows more about blood than I do. <laughs> Fair enough. Is that you studied that. Yes. Like, I'm I... not asking this as like... <laughs> I realize uh, out of context. It just occurred to me. 
Uh, does it make sense? Yeah, but like, no. only we know why it is that you would know more about this. Yes. I, that should be concerning to hear. I, I did a degree in hematology. That's why. <laughs> but yes, no, if he's in a fairly constant state of blood loss, and also we don't have a time frame for how long it's taking Audrey to, to like grow to that size. Right. So... If it's like over the course of like a few weeks of him constantly doing this, I would say, yeah, he's probably a little like tired, blood loss leads to fatigue and all these kinds of things. But yes, Seymour, uh, through the constant bloodletting, is feeling a bit uh, exhausted. He's forgetting to do. Mr. Moshnik is having the time of his life. Like his business is booming, it's going great. But Seymour is forgetting to do things he forgot to do in order for a funeral and he relied on Audrey to get it done um I forget exactly when some fun now is occurring but it occurs in this transitional period in between somewhere that's green and dentist so (laughs) and something 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 cover and he's having some fun now. Basically, yeah. Yes. So, Seymour um, tries to failingly ask um, Audrey out, but he doesn't like really succeed at it. Because Audrey always has these dates with, um, with her boyfriend, Oren, Steve Martin, the dentist. Um, and she said that well, she says that he's a professional uh, to Mr. Mushnik, but we don't get to know what kind of professional because she's he's like, what kind of professional goes around on a motorcycle with a leather jacket? And we learn what kind of professional. He's a dentist. And then we get the song Dentist where we realize that he is a sadistic, malicious man <laughs> who likes to torture his patients. Yeah. yeah. Um, You'll be a dentist. Something, something. That's all I can actually remember without having to listen to it. You'll be a dentist. And yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know. A lot of this soundtrack reminded me of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm -hmm. And I can't quite pinpoint what it is. Maybe because it is a little bit more, a little... Like, some of the songs, at least, are, like, 60s doo-wop songs, I guess. I don't know what it is, but it's something about it. Um, I mean, it makes sense, I guess. I guess I can like, see... I can see some rarities. Um, yeah. Anyways, it's not too important. It's just that it was... That's what, like, it kept bringing back to my brain. I will say though, um, because I looked it up now, Alan Menken, who was a songwriter on Little Shop of Horrors, actually wrote a lot of Disney songs. Like wrote songs for The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, yeah, Aladdin. That's Pocahontas. what I know Alan Menken from. But yeah, no, he, this was the second one that he's credited as a songwriter on. Oh, I just figured out why it kind of sounds like Rocky Horror to me. It sounds a little bit like Touch a Touch Me, a little bit. Like, um, 
I don't know, something about that and like the da, 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 that happens, I think, in Touch It Touch Me. But there's somewhere, mm. somewhere in Rocky Horror Picture Show. I'm not wrong. I know that. <laughs> I just don't know. I just don't know what I'm right about and when it happens. <laughs> but I'm not wrong. I love that for you. Um, one evening, uh, after Seymour closes up, Audrey too does that wilting thing that they do, uh, where they just uh, slam onto the ground and you know start to lose their leaves or whatever. And Seymour's just like, what do you want? Throw a tantrum, basically. Yeah, she's like, what do you want from me? I I don't have much else to give you. Like, I'm I'm literally on my last legs right here with this. And then for the first time, Audrey, too, speaks. Like, says words, and the first words are, Feed me! Um, Oh, right, the song. Um, Well, it's, Feed me, (laughs) Seymour. Yes, go off. Oh, gosh. Basically being like, hey, babe, what if we, like, murdered some people for me? And he's like, and Seymour's like, wait, I can't. I'm a good boy. I don't want to murder anyone. And he's like, well, do you want to die yourself then? (laughs) Implicated. Implicated. And then he's like, no, I absolutely, I, I can't kill anyone. I don't know anyone who deserves to be killed. And then look towards Audrey. Uh, well, look towards the dentist arriving on the motorcycle without Audrey, letting Audrey run behind him and then like smacking her across the face. <laughs> he was upset with her for falling off of his bike. Literally. I was like, what? I was like, what did she do? And he was like, like so annoyed that she fell. And she's like, I'm so sorry, I fell off your bike. And I was like, wait, what? Is that what he's mad at? Useless man. He's insane. Like, upsetting. Actual waste. Um, But yeah, yeah. he hits Audrey. You can see the silhouette. And suddenly, Seymour, (laughs) suddenly, I didn't mean to do that. Seymour decides that well actually you know there might be someone that deserves to die after all you know maybe Audrey isn't too wrong about it so he procures a gun um, to go and deal with the situation but before that in the dentist's office is Bill Murray who's uh, playing Arthur Denton who seems to be like the the yin to the yin to Orin's yang (laughs) except Orin doesn't like it (laughs) because he comes in like he hears like the screams of pain of this like small girl who comes in with like comes out with like a full face of like metal gear and he's just so ready like when (laughs) when Orin starts pulling out all of these like intricately looking torture devices that can be mistaken for dental tools um (laughs) he's just no but he's just like he's so into it like he's talking about how he went to these different dentists dentists on monday and the the brother the guy that you know he goes to on sundays and like he seems to have a thing like 
for yeah. his mouth. And I've realized I've been talking about this like the most of any character so far because it just was so <laughs> wow. I mean, he was just very excited about it and the dentist was not because he's like, well, my whole thing is that you don't like the pain and I make you have the pain. And that's where my pleasure is comes from. Mm-hmm. Whereas Bill Murray's character is like, but but I like the pain. That's where my pleasure derives from. Like, it mean? sounds very different outside of the dentist's office where, uh, yeah. where Seymour is. <laughs> Um, yeah, but eventually Orin the dentist just kicks um, Arthur out because uh, he sees this is not doing it for him, and he goes out make sure Orin uh, Arthur leaves sees Seymour and is like does this look scary to you holding up one of those dental devices and Seymour's like yeah yeah um, does it look like it's painful yeah. It's like, would it scare you if I use it on you? Yeah. It's like, so get in there. And so Seymour is now in the dentist chair. And he tries to get the gun out to shoot him a few times, but he like he can't find like the right opportunity to do it. And <laughs> Oren, the dentist, pulls out this like gas mask looking chamber for himself uh, so that he gets high on laughing gas on nitrous uh, before like going to do the dental work on Seymour but the so vow like, <laughs> interestingly enough I watched a Law and Order episode like weeks ago considering I didn't have a laptop for like a fortnight um he there's where a doctor like at the end of his day would get like mm-hmm. get high off of gas um he was killed not by the gas i guess but like <laughs> it was just interesting that that happened and i was like oh i saw a thing like that a little <laughs> bit ago but yes um as i said uh Oren actually ends up uh, because the valve on the um, on the gas canister breaks, so he ends like I he could have moved it, but I think because he was already high, he didn't realize what he should do, and so he just ended up. Uh, <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you again, but this reminds me of Hank Green's TikTok very recently. Where he's, I presumably responding to a trend of people wanting to chloroform themselves to sleep. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, "Don't do that," because hey, once you're unconscious, you don't have the ability to like remove the chloroform from your proximity, mm-hmm. and then you may never wake up. And <laughs> that's. You know, just another thing that's. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Why are people doing? Why do people want to do that? But whatever. God. <laughs> uh, but yes, he ends up dying. <laughs> uh, well, yes. <laughs> so see, b- b- before he does, very conveniently for Seymour. 
yes, who was still struggling with the gun. But just before he dies, he uh, Oren asks, "What did I ever do to you?" And he's like, Seymour's like, "Nothing. It's what you did to her." It's like, "Who's her?" I was like, "Oh, her." And then he dies. <laughs> I was like, "Okay." Yeah. So now Seymour has to drag this body, which he would have had to do anyway, but he has to drag this body back to the flower shop discreetly, I guess. And Audrey too wants it cut up, like he, which I mean, later on he can swallow people whole. So I feel like I think this is more of like a. A power thing or something yes. <laughs> testing how far the limits m- can go I mean murder is already at the very like top of a thing of like if you're doing it for someone you're probably gonna do it most of anything for them mm-hmm. so like d- dismemberment I don't know if that's a step up or just parallel <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but so Seymour goes Seymour goes out to the back to complete the said dismemberment using an axe, but Mr. Mushnik witnesses it secretly and he runs off like seeing the silhouette of Seymour cutting like I'm guessing he like we only see the shadow of it, but I'm guessing Mr. Mushnik saw like the actual activity because he looked through the fence. Um, mm. but Mr. Mushnik runs off and Audrey too is then fed the dismembered pieces of the dentist by Seymour and continues to get bigger the police yes. go to interview Audrey because Oren is missing um, and they tell her that there might be some foul play involved not sure Arthur Arthur, not Arthur, Audrey. <laughs> I'm still thinking about Bill Murray. Um, no, Audrey. <laughs> when Seymour goes to see um, Audrey, she's very upset about it, uh, obviously, because uh, you know, even if she, she, I guess, loved him, or like felt committed to him. I don't know, but. She even says when Seymour asks, would it be such a bad thing if he was dead? She's like, no, that would kind of be a miracle, but that's a terrible thing to say. So I think she just feels bad over the situation. Like she doesn't wish yeah. ill or death on him, even though he's like a physically abusive to her. Um, yeah. But through the conversation that they end up having, they... Uh, reveal that they have feelings for each other and then we get uh, possibly one of the most famous songs from the musical Suddenly Seymour Suddenly Seymour He purified me or whatever (laughs) He don't condescend um, but I do like the version that George Salzar and MJ Rodrigo, Rodriguez do. Um, I think they did it on like one of the late night shows. But yeah, so good. Enjoy. 10 out of 10. Go watch it.
I was I was reading about the the puppeting of um Audrey too, where they actually filmed it in a slower frame rate. So when they played it back at the average speed, it would look like it was talking at the correct speed because it was just really hard to manipulate mm. the plant. So after suddenly Seymour, Seymour is now like he's kissed the girl that he's dreamt about. Like, he's walking on air. Like, he doesn't even notice that Audrey 2 opens two doors for him to get down into the basement. Like, <laughs> uh, and he goes down to have a nice, relaxing sleep, except he doesn't because Mr. Mushnick <laughs> um, yep. goes to confront him uh, about the fact that he witnessed him chop up uh, Audrey's ex-boyfriend um, and Audrey's ex-boyfriend you might say I'm kidding oh my god I'm sorry I can't believe you've done this I can't believe it I had to I had to I make such a great dad <laughs> sure Yes, no, so he holds uh, he he holds a gun to see more and basically forces him to, to get out revealing that he witnessed everything that Seymour did and he leads him up to the top of the shop and says that he's gonna they're gonna go to the police and all this is gonna be solved but before they leave the shop Mr. Mushnick um, seemingly changes his mind and is like well we don't actually have to go to the police you can still get out of here and right after the sunset maybe not lay low seemingly he fully he, it's not seemingly he totally is like actually wait a minute i can still make a profit out of this yeah with and like let homeboy live wherever he needs to go whatever and is like so listen up what if you tell me all of the steps on how to keep this plant alive. I give you like a little bit of money and you like vamoose and I still continue to make money without really like bringing a bad name to my shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and but Seymour, then he's swiftly eaten. Yeah. Seymour <laughs> seems interested in it. But uh, he realizes that in order to let Mr. Mushnik take care of the plant, he would have to tell them about the plant. And you yes. don't think that's going to go well. So he starts, Seymour, Seymour is like walking this guy back towards Audrey is the thing. It's not like it was even like a pure accident. Like Audrey opened its mouth behind Mushnik and Seymour was like, mm. Okay. And then he acts surprised when <laughs> Audrey is just like a chump. Like what like what do you think was gonna happen? I don't understand. But yes, that's supper time. Um supper time. <laughs> it's like it's very like funky and like James Brownie, I think. <laughs> They're kind of like, da, 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 da. Nah, kind of. Um, 
vibe. So then after, we kind of get like a flash through of different scenes with the song um, The Meek Shall Inherit, which is more of a chorusy song. Um, but it's a lot of people trying to get Seymour to sign different contracts so he can go on different shows and all of them can like have a bit of like your time with the plant and see the plant and the plant and this and the plant that and everything's about Audrey too. The meek shall inherit. The meek shall inherit, etc. So, one of the last things that um, happens is they are. There's a, a TV show that's being filmed. Um, I think it's another news coverage. And uh, Audrey has like one of those moments where it slumps to the ground and he's like, I can't feed her. I can't feed them now. I can't feed the plant right now. They're like, no, just show us feeding the plant. It's like, it's like, no, I can't feed the plant. You all need to leave. <laughs> it's like, I'll feed the plant. Where's the, where's the can? Where's the water can? I was just like, bruh, he's trying to preserve your <laughs> lives. And then he starts screaming at everyone to get out and leave him alone and all of these things and Audrey has to come to him in the back and like give him a little slap in the face it's like you're being hysterical he's like yes I am but <laughs> you don't understand <laughs> but for the purpose <laughs> the guilt it's eating him um, so they go out back and they have a discussion not about the murders uh, but <laughs> They talk about the fact that Seymour doesn't really want to be successful anymore, but he doesn't want to let Audrey down. And Audrey's like, I liked you before you were successful. That's not what you need um, to, 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 to win my heart and all of this stuff. Um, and so I think I actually skipped ahead of it. But that's the conversation that they have. And basically they are going to use the money for the contract for the TV show um, to run away from Skid Row together and they just have to wait until the money comes the next day and they'll leave uh, he'll leave Audrey too behind um, and I think Seymour proposes at the same time I think that happens then. Seymour decides to grab his stuff to pack up and leave that night. And he starts to sneak out of the store with his suitcases, but then Audrey too wants to be fed again. And Seymour decides like, okay, this is gonna be the final time. He doesn't say that to Audrey too, but this is gonna be the final time. He's gonna deal with it. It's gonna be over. So he runs off to get some meat from the butchers. But Audrey, too, is not dumb. It's not stupid. And makes a phone call to Audrey mm -hmm. to get her to come to the shop. And she's, like, in a white she's dress. She's like, who is this? <laughs> and, like... She's like, who is this? And like, eventually arrives at, oh, Seymour, it's you. And I'm like, you can 
differentiate between voices, right? Because <laughs> they sound not. very much nothing alike. Apparently But okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is, this is what's happening. And she goes to the store before Audrey, before Seymour, rather, has come back. And the plant reveals itself to her in Supper Time 2. And I don't know if you want to go through Supper Time 2. It's like Supper Time 1, but 2. (laughs) Basically. It's the same thing. Yeah. Essentially. But Seymour arrives just in time to see Audrey in a similar position to um, Mr. Mushnick. And this is where we divert. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, when when does the plot change for you? Because no. so far we're still on the same boat. So no. this is where we divert. Yeah. Okay, you describe your movie and I'll okay. describe mine. <laughs> so... When um, Seymour reappears, uh, he manages to wrest Audrey free from the mouth of um, from the mouth of, of of Audrey too, and runs into the back uh, with her, and is basically explaining, like that he kind of uh, did bad things uh, but not like specifically what the bad things were but he just wanted to maintain his success and he this is actually when he said when she's like oh you didn't need to be successful to to, I, I loved you before you were successful and all of these things and we get a suddenly Seymour reprise and then we get what like while they're having this like intimate moment of like relishing in their love Patrick Martin appears uh played by John Belushi and he is from a botanical company and he wants to then create more Audrey twos he just wants Seymour to sign a contract so that he can get some cuttings and then they can have worldwide sales of Audrey two everywhere but Seymour and Audrey, realizing the kind of plant that Audrey too is, are just like, no. And like very aggressively, like drive Patrick Martin away. And Patrick Martin is so confused. It's like, whoa, what are you doing? Why aren't you just let me? And at this moment is when Seymour decides that he has to kill Audrey too. Like, because Audrey, too, is going to, like, try to dominate the world. Like, the whole world is going to be a thing. So, mm-hmm. um, he leaves uh, um, Audrey and goes back into the store. And then we get some exposition where we discover, I mean, we already knew, but Audrey, too, is from outer space and... This has been their whole plan this entire time to try and uh, gain publicity and dominate the world so they could take over and the song Me and Green Mother from Outer Space plays. And like 
Seymour gets a gun and tries to shoot Audrey too, but then Audrey too gets the gun away from him and starts to shoot at Seymour. And eventually he causes, Audrey too, causes like the building to partially collapse on top of Seymour. And for a moment we think that all is lost and that Audrey too has won, but then a hand shoots out from beneath the rubble and grabs onto a frayed electrical cord and sends it to one of the vine shoots of of Audrey too, thoroughly electrocuting Audrey too, to the point that it and all of its little singing cutlet things <laughs> start to scream and then it explodes in a in a in a burst of sparks and energy and Seymour clambers itself himself free from the rubble, his glasses askew, and he goes back to Audrey and then there's a scene after where they finally get that house that Audrey dreamed of. I'm <laughs> looking at your face. They get that house that Audrey pictured. Uh, Seymour carries her like partially over the threshold of the lawn, but not into the house because they don't have like the whole picturesque thing yet. But then they start to run towards the house across the green lawn and the camera pans down to the flower garden and we see that there is a small baby Audrey too there and it smiles and it's an ambiguous ending huh okay so no that's not what I saw <laughs> um <laughs> so I'm gonna try and make this quick but cause it, it's not really all that complicated but so the phone call happens where Audrey's like, oh my God, Seymour, it's you. Okay, I'll come to the store. And Audrey too is like, ha ha ha, and says, hey girl, you know, bad things have been happening. I'm gonna eat you too. And like grabs at Audrey and starts to kind of like, almost starts to devour her as Seymour comes in and is like, no, and like tries to save her and does free her from Audrey's Audrey 2's clutches for like a second as she's dying and she like like and you know there's the whole revelation of like he killed the dentist and Mishnik um you know for Audrey 2 to exist con or continue to exist and um Audrey's like it's fine whatever like feed me to him I'm dying anyways and she feeds him he feeds her into uh, Audrey too uh, and he's like absolutely like devastated and is like okay I'm about to unalive myself so he goes up into the roof or whatever to like jump off and a man comes to him and is like hey dude we were thinking what if we had a bunch of Audrey twos, like, and just like mass produced them and sold them? Um, and Seymour's like, no, bad idea, don't want to do it. And the guy's like, actually, fun fact, I took a piece of Audrey two one time when I was there, and like, I don't actually need your permission because, like, there's no like law precedent that's like stealing a plant is illegal in order to like mass produce it or whatever. You can't. Um, and he's like, plant. even if you say no, 
Yeah. And he's like, yep, I'm going to, so that's what's going to happen. And basically that's what happens. Audrey 2 gets mastery produced and the movie ends with like hundreds of thousands of like Audrey 2s in like the store and like people just like clamoring to buy um, Audrey 2 as it's also revealed like in your version that like Audrey 2 was like an alien being basically and was only really there for world domination um that conversation happens right before uh seymour's like actually i i can't do this anymore so yeah different movie i mean like (laughs) basically they end yours ends ambiguously like maybe the world domination will happen the one i watched is like no no the the world domination happened (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah I find that fun that we didn't watch the same version (laughs) um it's very like rockabilly um but yeah that's Little Shop of Horrors um version one and version two so that brings us to the end of the movie and now it is time for our ratings yes (laughs) so starting off with music no choreography Uh, i feel like it could have like some of them could have they had like mild choreography with the girls but it wouldn't be fair so music Mm -hmm. every song was like a fun time even the ballads weren't like the most ballady ballads like i did they were kind of on the happier side of ballads if that makes yeah. sense so yeah. it because normally a ballad in the musical is just like oh everything is so sad now i am in mourning but these ballads were about like finding love unexpectedly yeah, more like a power ballad over it being yeah. like a sad one yeah but yeah, otherwise i i loved every song that um the the trio of girls was in which was almost every song so i really liked almost every song <laughs> um so i would say for music I'll give it mm, what's a number? I will say four out of five motorcycles. Cool. I figured out which Rocky Horror songs I was thinking of. I was thinking of Damn It Janet, maybe a little bit of Touch It Touch Me. I was thinking of Hot Patootie because all those are like have that sort of rockabilly slash doo-wop vibe going yeah. on and I think that's what was like really now talking about exclusively Little Shop of Horrors I enjoyed the music um, Fun Times was bopping was belting along um, even the songs that I didn't know by the time that you know they were ending I 
you know, retained a phrase or so. Um, so great times. Loved loved the doo-wop ladies. They were always a fun time. Um, and as a result, I shall give this a four out of five motorcycles as well. Fun. Okay. So then we have plot. The plot was <laughs> I feel like they were aware it, it it gives that kind of self-aware humor of like don't necessarily like take this seriously. We know that this is like some Deus Ex Machina um <laughs> stuff, you know, it's really like things are gonna be where they need to be for this to happen in the way that we want it to. But it's funny that way and I appreciate them like not taking it seriously because I feel like Little Shop like in different hands like the plot line could have been taken in a more serious fashion like the invasion of a planet species but it's like a Venus flytrap a giant talking Venus flytrap yeah. you would be hard-pressed yeah um But the evolution, I think because we had different endings, I'm going to speak to my ending and then you could speak to your ending and how you felt it sure. worked for the plot. Um, <laughs> sure. But my ending was pretty much the ending that I expected it to go. Like I fully always expected it to be like, they end up together and it's going to be happy and like they might get rid of Audrey too. And, you know, they, they go off and they live their fantasy. So I would think for story, it was coherent and cohesive. And I didn't fe- it didn't feel like a very long film. So I will say I'll give it 4.25 axes out of 5. Cool. Um... I, the story was, yeah, like you said, not too, like, serious. Like, yeah, I don't know what the original movie's tone was, um, but, like, once you add music and stuff to an already ridiculous um, plot like to go too serious about it would be a very strange direction um Mm -hmm. and also a bad one unless you're like the most brilliant writer to ever exist maybe um but i you know it's a fun dumb time and like you said they know it's a fun dumb time and in terms of my ending i was like oh okay so things just don't work out wild because like Audrey dies and and (laughs) Seymour threatens basically to kill himself and I'm like what is happening (laughs) I thought I thought we were here just for like a nice feel good moment and they were like no sweetie (laughs) we just want to fuck shit up and I actually really enjoyed that um, in that like I definitely didn't know that it, that's where it was going to go and it's because it took me so much by surprise I enjoyed even more the fact that we had two very different viewing experiences in terms of watching two separate endings 
because it's like, oh, okay. So the the one that I thought would happen did happen for the majority of people who probably have seen it. But um, I got an ending that was not that. And that's so cool. So great times is what I'm saying. Um, four out of five um, axes. I just, um, while I just went and did a little look of the ending of the movie it ends different mm. too goodness uh, <laughs> oh god the original oh movie does it different. yeah the movie? yeah it like th- there are flowers with faces we'll talk about it later so <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it later so finally overall enjoyment I enjoyed the movie so much. I don't know why I waited so long to watch it. I think, again, cultural osmosis was a thing, and I just felt like I knew it. And obviously, I didn't. So I don't regret a moment having watched it as well. Like, a lot of the humor uh, still stands up because none of it is, like, crude humor. There's no, like, punch-down jokes, anything like that. So I think... I appreciate that because you know like some of these movies like as time goes by they don't hold up they really don't like they say some off color ish but I didn't I didn't feel that in any of the in in any of the way that the jokes were structured I mean they make light of domestic abuse but you know he gets gets, (laughs) killed. he does does get killed so (laughs) (laughs) yeah like he he gets punished it's fine um so i would say for overall enjoyment um i'm gonna give it 4.5 total eclipses of the sun okay um i enjoyed it immensely you know there are times on this podcast where trekking is a thing uh when watching some of these movies um especially ones that are set in a time that is not contemporary not not set that are made in a time that's not contemporary they tend to yeah not necessarily fully hold up um and yeah like i said like the visuals of it like the the puppeteering and all of it just like makes fucking sense i'm just like yes i enjoy this um and that's honestly i'm so glad (laughs) that that was the case i mean i had i didn't really like have doubts that it would be the case that i would enjoy it but i didn't know to what degree um and I'm glad it's to this degree, which is uh, a good 4.25 total eclipses of the sun, <laughs> um, which is honestly my favorite detail of the whole movie, that they say it 7,000 <laughs> times. Um, anyways, <laughs> I guess this is time we move on to These Are Rough. These are obsessions, these are rough, these are obsessions, I didn't write any other line, so these are uh, obsessions. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, this is the part of the podcast where we talk about things that we have been vibing with 
with the theater musicals, musical theater stuff. Um, or news, you know, that's sometimes a thing. So let's get the obvious out of the way. <laughs> and that is the trailer of Dear Evan Hansen uh, being released. Now, there has been so much discourse about the entirety of that sentence, right? Of like, Dear Evan Hansen is being made, the actors who are in it, yada yada. Uh, we all know here in this house that I am a, a, a Ben Platt stan. Um, mm-hmm. And so what I will say is that it isn't like I, hmm, I do think and I do wish that they'd cast a different person. But I also mm-hmm. fully understand why it is that they cast Ben Platt. Not only did he originate the role, but he's kind of a big name right now. And also, a lot of awards were won while he was with, while he was playing Evan Hansen. And so, like, I get a lot of the people with the money were like, hey, don't, like, fix a thing that isn't broken or whatever, right? Um, So, like, and also he's talented. Like, I'm not going to, (laughs) like, I'm not going to throw that away either. Like, he's super fucking talented. And so you know but I I do kind of wish that there was a younger actor um, or at least someone who looked much younger was playing the role of Evan Hansen I will also say that the hair that they've decided to go with in terms of styling or wig or whatever's going on there was a choice Um, and that's where I'll leave that Um, but yeah (laughs) it's happening I wasn't necessarily a Dear Evan Hansen like fan or stan or anything like that. I've never seen it. I've not looked at the bootleg. I've never really had an interest. Um, I knew I know a couple songs, but um, you know, I'll probably watch the movie um, because that's more accessible than like a Broadway ticket would have been, or even a West End ticket would have been. Um, so there's that. Moving on swiftly. I don't know if I ever like specified in terms of when and where the Britney musical is happening. It's happening in Washington, D.C. Again, not entirely sure whether or not I've said the dates and stuff before, but um, it will be having a limited run from November 29th this year to January 2nd next year in Washington, D.C. It was meant to be in Chicago at one point or another, but of course, um, you know, Pandora's box opened and here we are. And (laughs) yeah, I'm super excited still to see what happens with that. Um, But that is, I think, Oh, wait, no, actually. (laughs) So, sorry. Um, But, so the other day, I was like, hey, girl, let's explore a musical that we've never explored before. And I was like, okay, sure, girl. And um, looked up Fangirls, the musical. It's an Australian musical. And 
that was written fairly recently, or at least started. Um, uh, there was like a tour in 2019, and like a tour now, and whatever in Australia. Anyways, so usually how this goes when I'm like going through listening to a cast recording is I read the synopsis alongside it. Um, and so I read the synopsis, get to the song name, listen to the song, so on, so forth. This time I was in the middle of editing something. So I was like, okay, let me just read the synopsis and then I'll listen to the cast recording while I'm editing so that I can actually do the multitasking. And oh boy, if you like, even without listening to the cast recording, Fangirls is such an experience. Like I've not yet seen this <laughs> musical and like it is an experience. I wish every upon everyone. Like I need everybody drop what you're doing this very second. Go on to <laughs> Wikipedia and read the synopsis because I promise you whatever you think is going to happen. No, you know nothing. You do not know. I, I sat there with my mouth agape. I literally, I met, I voice messaged so many people. So many people. I was like, hey girl, mm -mm, go read now. Do it. Um, so yeah, do that. It's an experience. I don't know. Musically so far, I've not listened to it in its entirety, but I have listened to some of it. Musically so far, what it feels like is like, very specific to a 2014 2015 stan culture um specifically one direction stan culture so it's very much a time capsule of that including like the uh colloquial one of the, one of the sort of sayings name, and things like that name's harry oh no Oh yeah, it's 100% like the name of the band is True Connection. Like <laughs> so we're not hiding from the fact that this is Harry Styles from One Direction fan fiction mm -hmm. because it is absolutely fan fiction. If you have ever heard someone describe fan fiction, this is that. Oh this is oh this is your name. This is this is self-insert. This is fix. this is your name. Edna is your name. I promise you, I just, I have never. Just please go read it after you listen to this podcast. Like, it's, wow. It was such an experience for me to go through it. I, wow. Anyways, I would love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> what are your obsessions? Uh, well, uh, so, uh, there was announced that there's going to be a Hocus Pocus 2. Oh, yes. yes. I'm, I'm chill about it. I'm chill about it. It's not coming until 2022. So got a little bit of time <laughs> <laughs> to get used to the fact that there's going to be a sequel to that movie. My God. Please. Had we ever spoken about the I fact hope. that there is going to be a sister act new sister act movie there's gonna be a new sister well, it was movie? announced at one point yeah it was announced oh, at one God. point or another i don't know any of the details except that it is a thing that's going to happen or at least the last time i heard was going to happen which was like sometime last year fair enough also now theaters have like been able to be open 
in the UK since um, the 17th of this month, May, uh, there are all of these announcements of things that are going to be opening and I'm excited to possibly go and see them. Um, oh, also, before I forget, um, we're, we're, we're still going to cover uh, In the Heights. It's coming. It's coming. Um, but also, uh, they moved the Everybody's Talking About Jamie movie to premiere on Amazon Prime in September. <gasps> oh my god, finally. So- Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Because you know I've been mourning this for so long. Since yeah, February, no, it's com- I've been mourning. It's, it's coming to Amazon okay. Prime. It's coming to Amazon Prime. Woo! Just gotta wait a little bit I longer. I love that for us. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> um, but yes, and I think the last thing. So there is a musical that has been in workshops for a little while to the point that I forgot about it. But it's actually gonna like premiere. It's called Venara. It is like it's set on a different planet. But it's very much the classically like two tribes battling against each other. Then there's a woman that stands in between. That listen, <laughs> there is a recording concept album. It has Eva Noblezada on it. Ooh. But if you know her, okay. I I feel a lot of things Very about squarely Eva. in my like <laughs> <laughs> realm of interests. Go on. Um. Uh, so wait, let me pull up the Eva Noblezada, Carrie Hope Fletcher, Francis Raphael, Rob Huchin on this concept album. Like, uh, go and listen to it because <laughs> I don't no. think they are in the actual one that's going to be happening now because they that was like in 2019 but you know like it's uh, still a thing so um upcoming London cast recording eventually I guess but still go listen it's it's there available on Spotify and it's not coming until um October so plenty of time (laughs) I guess that brings us to the end um, this is going to be one of the shorter episodes. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening. You can catch us on social media on Instagram and Twitter at TMM TMM Podcast. You can email us at tell me more, tell me more podcast at gmail.com. We do have a Tumblr, tell me more, tell me more podcast.tumblr.com. Um, you can keep an eye on our patreon now that a girl has a laptop and soon (laughs) you know there'll be internets happening and everything for the both of us so you know keep an eye um we do have playlists of songs that we like that will be updated from each musical that we've covered so long as you know there was a cast recording or soundtrack that i can source from for this playlist so if you go on to spotify and you look for tmm tmm podcast and you go to the profile and not the podcast itself you will find a playlist for every year that the podcast has existed so 
yeah, that's that. Next month, it's Gentleman's June. So excited. Um, yes. But until then, I have been your host, Leah. And I've been your host, Alicia. And this has been Tell Me More, Tell Me More, the podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye.